0: back talking about Galatians chapter 3 where Pastor Mike you talked to us on Sunday about experiencing the reality of the Holy Spirit and his presence mm-hmm. um and from what I hear, I was in the eight thirty service, but I hear maybe uh, there were a few different variations in the sermon this week. So maybe we'll sync some of that up here in Sermon Plus. But yeah, some maybe one point we talk about something like, "Boy, I didn't hear that."
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it was more of like a Matthew, Mark, and Luke situation. So you know, you it's go. all the, it's all generally the same, but you know, some some got a little extra flavor, flave in various sermons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll give us a recap, and maybe uh, we'll pick up on some, some yeah. new things that we didn't even hear on Sunday, maybe. So <laughs> There you go.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, Paul has this really strong paragraph, chapter 3, 1 through 6, about the Holy Spirit. And it's like, well, where, where did this come from, and why, why is he bringing up the person of the Holy Spirit mm. and their experience of the Holy Spirit, really? And it has to go back in chapter 2 where his opponents were saying, hey, you keep, you keep telling people that they're justified by free grace through faith, apart from the works of the law, and they're going to live however they want to live. Christ is actually going to end up promoting sin. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, no, nah, mm-hmm. no, you guys don't get it. And justification and incorporation into right. the life of God are two sides of the same coin. And so, you know, he it's interesting. I, I said this was actually in the first service, and I don't think in any of the others, <laughs> uh, about the Trinitarian work of God's presence in our life. Paul says in 2, I think 17 or 18, that I live to God then that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And then, chapter three is the life of the Spirit. You know, so Father, Son, and Spirit alive in us, and it's that presence of God that keeps us from living in sin. And so Christ, far from promoting sin, uh, Christ is diminishing sin in our lives That's through right. His very presence in our lives. So, and Paul says, and you know, you got this. Incorporation and justification together. How do you know you got them? Because you experienced the Holy Spirit, and mm. so hence this whole conversation about well, how do I experience the Spirit? And, yeah. and so I asked three questions on Sunday: one, how do you get the Spirit? Two, how do you kind of know what's the evidence of the Holy Spirit's life uh, presence in your life? And then how do you keep experiencing the Holy Spirit? And so, which look,
2: by the way, I feel like are three questions that every Christian. Is asking all the time, so I just thought it was so helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I ask myself those questions often, and maybe in different ways, but it's a soup Those are super helpful, tangible questions.
1: Yeah, simple outline. Wanted that to be, um, you know, accessible for everybody because I, I do think those questions are being asked. So, and which is really what the pastor is about. I mean, he's like, hey, you you did experience the Holy Spirit. It was clear. It was obvious. It's almost like a mic drop argument. Now he's going to go and um, ground it in Scripture, which I think is wonderful, and we'll see this in a couple of weeks, where he ties together, hey, here's the argument. You experience the Spirit? Okay, that means you're justified by grace through faith alone. And But I'm not just appealing to your experience. Then Paul's going to go to the Old Testament all over the place, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, Genesis, mm-hmm. Habakkuk, and he's going to prove that justification and the gift of the Spirit were foretold in the scripture. And so you've got Mm. this really beautiful coming together of my experience and my theology. And that's one of the things here I, I love about New City. I think we have a really strong, balanced emphasis on a commitment to theology and doctrine but a commitment to theology and doctrine that uh, is producing legitimate spiritual, capital S, Holy Spirit, gospel experience in our lives. And and you see those two wed together right here uh, in Galatians
2: chapter 3. You mentioned at the very beginning, at least at the 830 service, that's the service I paid the most attention to. (laughs) But you said something that I thought was really profound. The Spirit is an experienced reality. Mm. So, it's not just this theological concept or this thing that you're like reciting and remembering. It, it is meant to be, and that's Paul's point. Again, he's, he's, he's playing off their experience here. It is meant to be something that you experience on a daily basis. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I was just talking with, recapping a little bit of the sermon with Brother uh, Rudy and talking about how important it is for people uh, to experience the Holy Spirit specifically as a person. He did things he speaks he listens he learns you can grieve the holy spirit and so sometimes i, I think that we mm. don't and this wasn't as much in the sermon i guess that's why we're doing it in sermon plus <laughs> but uh you know experiencing the 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 spirit is experiencing the person of jesus right. really right and so uh yeah and i it's powerful uh, you know that that experience is powerful and um you know I, I think at new city that's what we're, we're wanting to see like real real christianity is spirit-filled spirit uh experienced realities
2: well before jesus leaves the earth he says you know i'm not going to leave you alone mm-hmm. i will I, he even says i will be with you to the end of the age mm-hmm. and he's referencing the sending of the spirit and so even from jesus own mouth the experienced reality of the spirit is an experienced reality of the person of jesus in our lives
1: and i don't know if everybody caught this one of the things that you know You know, a little bit of pull behind-the-curtain look here. Like we sang at the end, Christ be all around me, before me, behind me. Oh, man, that was so great.
2: Mm.
1: Why are we singing that on a week when we talk about the Holy Spirit? This is the Trinitarian nature of our experience in Christ. We have received the Spirit of his Son, the way that Jesus is in front of me, before me, behind me, all around me. Is through the gift of his spirit. Yeah. And so it's perfectly right and right on key, so to speak, to sing a song like Christ be all around me on a week when you're talking about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, again, Galatians 4, he is the spirit of his son. And so, yeah, it, it was good.
2: Even a further peek behind the curtain. I mean, you and I had conversations moving to the end of the week when we knew kind of where the passage was going to land mm-hmm. and the sermon was going to land. On wanting specifically to have a song at closing that tied together the work of the Spirit and the person of Christ, mm-hmm. and so we we actually danced around three, four, five, six, yeah. seven songs of you know basically doing a, a medley between two. What chorus will you fit in with this? Mm-hmm. You know, almost saying, uh, "Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me." You know, yeah. mold me, break me, mm-hmm. use me, fill me, all those things. And but we landed on on this St. Patrick's prayer mm-hmm. along with this this wonderful hymn which another you know neat thing you mentioned on Sunday if you were at 8:30 you missed gentleness yeah. um 9:45 and 11:15 your know, sister ellen came to you and was like hey for mm. the spirit You forgot gentleness, and you felt like there was a word uh, from the Lord uh, for us. And it ended up being really, really sweet because there's a a beautiful lyric in the song that we close with Mm -hmm. about gentleness that sows the path of peace. And this Mm -hmm. is the spirit-filled person. And so it was neat even to see that kind of connection, how the Lord works, where gentleness ended up becoming a primary component uh, towards the end of your message at 945 and 1115. And then it just kind of got tied together at the very, very end. Yeah, of the this, song.
1: this story is worth telling because I didn't realize how much this happened, but I got this feedback. So if you weren't, if you were at the eight thirty, you like Dave said, you just missed this. But just to give you a little, like what happened. So I, I often reference the Holy Spirit in a lot of my preaching. Like yeah. even if I'm not on that topic or whatever, like yep. it's such a prominent, important theme. And I'll usually just say love, joy, peace, and everybody kind of knows. Oh yeah, and all the rest. But this week I was like specifically I told my wife, like, oh no, I'm gonna go through all of them. Yeah. Like and so I said that at eight thirty. And then at eight thirty, I miss gentleness. And so I hadn't i I've recited the fruit of the spirit multiple times here at New City and I've never mentioned the word gentleness to the point where dave just told me he's like oh mike must know something about the greek i don't know because he's never used gentleness and
2: and was borderline too embarrassed to ask yeah i'm like do i not know my greek well enough i need to go study this passage he never says gentleness no and so so you know uh i get done preaching at 8
1: 30 and i just talked by the way about kind of like obeying the promptings of the holy spirit yeah and so, so Ellen comes over to me and my wife, and she's like, Hey, I just felt impressed to say, Hey, you didn't say gentleness. And she and then I I believe Ellen said, and she said it very gently, by the yeah. way. Thank you, Ellen. And, you know, she said, I I don't know if you if I don't know if you've heard I've heard you say that before. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so then I just took that as a you know that was the Holy Spirit wanting the whole church to hear that hey to be spirit filled is to be gentle it's not Mm. it's strong he's powerful the spirit is wonderful but to be spirit filled is to be gentle so anyway that was the word so if you missed the eight thirty there you
2: go sermon plus you got the backstory which by the way I mean people who came to nine forty five and eleven fifteen you missed so much too (laughs) 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 like the crowd's like we're we're missing everything no 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 no. there was a there was something you mentioned. that I I wanted to kind of talk a little bit more about because it resonated with me. I grew up in a Christian home. You mentioned that in one of your books that you were, you know, working through and studying Mm -hmm. this week, that the author had made an interesting kind of point or suggestion um, that it might be more difficult for a person who grew up in a Christian home to, you know, know how to answer the question, how do I know I've received the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Which was the second question. You know, how do you know you receive the Spirit? And so, if you kind of grew up being a relatively good person, or you know, believing the right things, you go to church, that type of stuff. It's not as maybe seemingly we might say like or they might feel like as powerful mm-hmm. as the big Pentecost experience or mm-hmm. you know signs and wonders or this huge turn of repentance from a sin. And so, I just thought that was super interesting because I thought to, I thought to myself, oh yeah. I've definitely had that question growing up. Mm-hmm. Like when, I, when I'm looking, hey, Dave, you know, this happened. You know, I remember as a teenager, even in college, being like, are you really saved? And to figure out how do I know that I have the Spirit in me was a hard thing for me to answer mm-hmm. in part because my dad was a pastor. My mom and my dad, you know, stayed together. They're faithful. I have amazing sisters. I grew up in an amazing church. So that was a super interesting point. I wondered if you'd elaborate on that.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I even the way you phrased it there, I think is interesting, like asking the question, am I saved, and do I have the Spirit? Th- those are those are synonymous, synonymous questions, right. but they definitely have a different emphasis about them. If you're saved, if you're wondering if you're saved, you're wondering, did I pray the prayer, and did I mean it, usually.
2: Which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. You did mention yep. that,
1: yeah. If you ask, do I have the Spirit, you're actually wondering...
2: Mm. And,
1: like that's a now question. That's mm. not not that's, that's not a like that happened to me when I was 7 question. That's a like am I doing that now? And so I think those questions are both important by the way. I don't want to minimize either one of them. Yeah. Like I think and that and what's interesting too in this whole conversation is the the move that Paul makes between justification and the reception of the spirit. He moves back and forth between those two themes seamlessly. Yeah. Which when you read the commentators they're like they they sometimes get it's like not confusing but like it's so seamless that the the one and the other are just they're they're the right. s- two sides of the same coin. Yep. So that and and that's both those questions. Have I been justified? Meaning am I saved? Am I right with God? And then do I have the spirit? Those both those questions are important. And cuz you know they they play off each other. And so I think it's important and I said this to the parents, I think it's important for you this is great to be pursuing life in the spirit. Like, it should be a regular conversation in your house. This happened in our house just the other day. My wife asked one of our kids, was that a spirit-filled response? Ooh, love that. Like, that, that is real Christian living. If the spirit of Jesus is present with us, that is not how King Jesus would have us respond. Mm. And his spirit is with us, and so that's not okay. And so there's this regular conversation about the spirit, and then... If parents are living life in the Spirit, then I think we should be encouraging our children to get to know the Spirit of Jesus. I love that. Like, pursue the Spirit of Jesus. Seek to serve your spiritual gifts. Like, you know, so there's other things that can come involved into play. Understanding conversion, baptism. As parents, there's lots of things that are involved. But I think one of the kind of neglected ideas or concepts, realities, I, I like the word reality better than concept, is the presence of the Spirit in the lives of our children and then teaching them to hear his voice. And I tried to use myself as an example, like in ways where you're going to get it wrong, you know, but like I want, I, I would, I would celebrate our young people like trying to live by faith, by an impression and getting it wrong and then trial and error, learning to hear the voice of the spirit, I, I think is really important.
2: I thought that was super helpful. And so a couple things, number one, even having um, the person of the Holy Spirit be a part of your regular language mm-hmm. is a thing. Yeah, Talking about the Spirit. Is that a Spirit-filled response? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you what do you feel the Spirit leading you to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, like those types of conversations daily are a really good thing.
1: And you're going to say, and your kids are going to say, I'm not sure. Is it my conscience? Is it just my mind? Is it the Holy Spirit? And it's like, well, exactly. yeah. Learning... To discern,
2: it's so good, and I love that you use those two examples. You know, you you, you use an example about you know you thinking you're the most spiritual person in upstate New York, and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna pray pray eighty six cents to be a full tank of gas. <laughs> it was So great,
1: and not put it in the payphone. <laughs> well, Which, also, by the way, Dan's here in the room. He was there, and I mean, he wasn't in the. I mean, but he he was a he was basically a, a near eyewitness to all those events. <laughs>
2: I also love that you mentioned how disgusting payphones are. <laughs> many, it's like an OCD nightmare. Yeah, um, but okay, you answered that question by saying, "Well, it, sometimes in some places and with some people, you see powerful works. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you can know that you receive the Holy Spirit. Is um, sometimes you know because you, you see like your prayers working, like God is answering prayer. Then there's fruit of the Spirit. You know, you're keeping in step with the Spirit. You're led by the Spirit. But you mentioned at the end the the way that the, the lord the holy spirit leads us in the moment. And you said this phrase, we're not just going throughout our day mm. business as usual. Right. I loved that. And so, you know, that is a way by the way, may, maybe you're not experiencing as much as you'd like evidence of the holy spirit in your life because you're just going throughout your day as usual.
1: And and to use Paul's language, you're not believing. Right. You're you're not actually actively believing that the spirit of jesus is in you and with
2: you and he has like plans (laughs) so so praying for the lord to lead your discussions Mm -hmm. you know when you see fruit of the flesh coming up you're Mm -hmm. angry you're, you're angry you're impatient uh you know you're upset like praying that the spirit would produce fruit in your life and that you would overcome that, you know, recognizing that, as you said, there's language in Paul that, you know, don't quench the spirit, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so incorporating th- this idea of the spirit's presence in my life, in our conversations, our thoughts, our prayers, so, so good. we've
1: been in the marriage class, we've been talking a lot about, uh, using the phrase Jesus consciousness, or mm-hmm. Jesus conscious, um, praying, you know, I often pray that we'd be aware of his presence. That's like, I pray that like all the time. Um. So, exactly. So in the moment, catching yourself, you know, you know, falling into some type of feeling or desire that's unrighteous and or vice versa, like being prompted to do something, pray something, give something, you know, those type of things. Uh, and uh, you know, it's just a, that's just the the gift, this whole life is a gift. It's a gift that the Spirit would live with you and do that for you and with you, and we get to do it with him. Uh, back to the whole Jesus Holy Spirit connection the picture of Jesus in the Gospels helps us really know how the spirit of Jesus would be working. Mm. So it's like, we're not just left in the dark. Like we do have the biographies of Jesus that tell us who he is. And then obviously the old Testament bears witness to Jesus as well. His righteousness, his goodness, his justice, his holiness, you know, all those kind of things. And so we have this, you know, um, I'm brother Don, when I pray with Don DeHart in the mornings, he, he, uh, he thanks the Lord all the time for the gift of the word and the gift of the spirit. And that's so, again, that's another wedding together of things that are so important. You know, it's not just this kind of emotional experience that I have of the Holy Spirit, although that is definitely essential and part of it, but I have this word, this theology, this that shapes and guides and governs and protects my experiences, informs my experiences, shapes and corrects my experiences of the Spirit. And so I I can have a a high degree of confidence
2: and a high degree of joy and experience. We talk about... Um, renewal a lot at New City mm-hmm. it's kind of like a buzzword it's kind of like one of our core identities and even it's functions good, that's a good buzzword for sure one of the things we talk about here often is how on Sundays like we gather for renewal mm-hmm. um, when we started off Renew 22 which was kind of like a theme last year in January week one you mentioned that renewal is the Jesus project mm-hmm. it's like what he's doing in us around us through us in this world And then week two, we talked about how there there are times and opportunities where don't think of it like you know how many how many times you think like oh man I missed it I missed the moment I missed out on what God was doing, and think of it like an ocean you know, and the tide's coming in and like the waves keep crashing. You miss one wave, there's another wave coming. And so mm-hmm. we had this little slogan that we would say like, hey, catch the wave of renewal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that last that question, I thought of this this last Sunday because you talked about the last question was how do you keep receiving the Spirit mm. or how do you keep growing in the Spirit? How do you keep, um, you know, filling yourself more and more with the Spirit? And I thought about, you, you mentioned a statement, um, you know, by faith, but there are like sometimes these many. Pentecost type experiences. Yes. And so it's like th- there are times where you should seek out those moments. You know, things like that's why we care so much about prayer and praise on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Prayer and praise in some sense are kind of like sometimes mini Pentecost type moments. Right. Where it's a wait there, mm-hmm. You know a wave is coming. Mm-hmm. You know the Lord is going to meet there with his people, and people mm-hmm. are going to pray and sing to Jesus and ask him to move and ask for healing. And ask. So you go. It's like, well, go catch that wave. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to keep receiving the Spirit and growing? Don't miss out on these opportunities. It's not about like attending different things. It yeah. doesn't have to be a prayer and praise. I mean, it could be praying with your wife. It could be family renewal. Right. It could be setting aside time to pray and read at home. It could be a time of fasting. Whatever it is, there, it's good to intentionally seek out moments where you can experience jesus you can experience the spirit and you can so to speak catch a wave of renewal
0: Mm.
2: that's good uh
0: circling back to the listening to the voice of jesus Mm. keeping in step with the spirit following the leading of the spirit we talked a little bit about you know, kind of hearing a lot of things and discerning, is this from the Spirit, is this not? Mm. You know, how would you respond to maybe somebody who's saying like, I'm not hearing much of anything. Mm. You know, um, (laughs) what is the voice of Jesus saying? I, I don't really necessarily feel the Spirit leading me. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to be submissive, but... I just don't know that I'm really hearing much of His voice. I don't really know that I'm experiencing much leading of the Holy Spirit. I don't really sense the mm. Spirit is walking for me to keep in step with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, what
2: encouragement would you give to somebody like that? A few things. I'm sure you got a few things too. Go ahead. It's definitely... I think that's a case by case situation. For sure, but I mean, he, but, yeah. but generally speaking, you know, it's important to have a uh, to know the big story of the Bible. Sometimes those questions come in the midst of suffering, mm-hmm. and it's important to see how God is using suffering in His greater purposes in this world. Mm. That's one thought I had. Secondly, is you know, the Bible in many ways is black and white. Jesus is the Son of God. We are united to Christ by grace through faith. You know, these these core doctrines, primary first rank doctrines, black and white. But in the day-to-day living, most of how we function and live out the Bible is by principle. I mean, you go read... You go lead, uh, read the Proverbs. Um, you you can go look at uh, how we ought to use our freedom in Romans 14 and 15. You, you know Some people think that this day is more holy than the other, and they both can do it under the Lord. Some people think this food, that food. You have Paul laying down his own rights in 1 Corinthians for the sake of other people. He's becoming all things to all people. And so there's there's all of this, uh, this area in Scripture where it's not about— we, we kind of want to know, like, right now, okay, is the Spirit of God telling me to do this or this? And it doesn't necessarily always work like that. It it literally, is, and by the way, be partly because we're to live by faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you have to trust Jesus mm-hmm. moment by moment. And sometimes, you know, living by the Spirit means you're laying down your rights mm-hmm. for somebody. Sometimes it means you're standing up for your convictions. And so it just kind of... It, it, it depends on the situation a lot of times in our life, but understanding the Bible as, as principles in many ways, I think is a, is a good, mm-hmm. maybe helpful way to think of some of those things.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate the case study question, Dan. It's a good one. As a, as, I don't know if we've done that much in Sermon Plus. We could do a little bit more. That could be like a little bit of a pattern. Uh, but I'm gonna add two little caveats to your case study. So, and I kind of like riffing off of what you just said there, Dave, as you were, as you were talking, it really helped clarify my own mind. So, like, if there's black and white stuff in the Bible and the Holy Spirit, then that's what the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. For sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? So the Holy Spirit is leading you, um, you know, whatever the issue is, you know, purity or um, telling the truth or you know, right. believing the gospel. Like, there's... So that is the voice of Jesus. That, and, and it's like literally, you know, John Piper, I'm sure other people have said it too, but I, rem- I remember him saying that made me chuckle. He's like, you want to hear the voice of God, then open your Bible and read it. You know, like <laughs> there's right. a sense in which that's definitely true. So that would be one part of the case study. If someone's like, well, man, I just, you know, maybe they're living in some unrepentant sin. They're like, oh man, I'm just not hearing the voice of Jesus. It's like, well, okay, well, this is where you're supposed to be hearing it. Mm-hmm. I, I think most people kind of get. Yep, yep. the other one that you were talking about the whole principle thing is like you're in a maybe you've got a big decision to make yeah you know like let's exactly. let's kind of bring that case study in it's like what well, how's the spirit leading me in this big decision um two words actually this is just i think just super practical stuff and things the way that my wife and i process things is through community and desire we believe that the spirit of god speaks and leads through the community of, that i'm surrounded with and through our desires. So Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Philippians 2 says that he works and to into, into do his good pleasure. So like there's a sense in which the spirit is working through my desires. The danger of like, well, this, I have this desire so this must be from God. It's like, whoa, easy buddy. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not that holy yet. Right. <laughs> so like, so the community functions you know and this is the beauty of like and this isn't this doesn't happen overnight like this is like this is a call and encouragement to get involved in community and build some great relationships so that when big decisions come should I sell my house should we have another child what should I do with retirement you know like all these various stages of life that require a lot of wisdom how is the spirit going to be leading you you can have people around you who are like like you'll actually they'll actually tell you what they think, they're spirit filled themselves, and then you can process that. So, um, so that's that's a, to kind of ca- like clarify your case study there, Dan. That would be for like decisions. How would how would I do that? So that that's how Julie and I. We, we're definitely in prayer. We seek to say, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, help me. My desire, chief desire, to be you, but work through my desires and then bring that to godly community.
2: We just, my wife and I, just experienced this. literally and so without going into into unnecessary details like we had a big decision to make Mm -hmm. i mean mean, seemingly like in this world was a big decision to make there's opportunity it seemed like open doors like is the spirit or not there would be sacrifices either way i reached out to both of you so Mm -hmm. i went to community yeah first of all abby and i talked Mm -hmm. we prayed um and then we we went to our community people that we trusted and you know Mm -hmm. we knew like would would give us good feedback and what and that our decision would affect them as Mm -hmm. well and then, really, we didn't have peace, and so we just waited. Yeah, we waited mm-hmm. probably longer, you know, than we should. seemingly people would tell us we should have. We waited, mm-hmm. we waited, and then it came to the point where, we're like, hey, we're eighteen hours away from needing to make a decision. <sighs> yeah, and so honestly, we didn't stress; there wasn't anxious. We we prayed together that night. This is a Saturday night. We need to make a decision on Sunday, and we asked the Lord to give us a clear word. Mm-hmm. And we said we're just struggling here. We do not know what you want us to do, but we want we want to do what you want us to do. Amen. And even felt like either decision we would have made would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but we asked the Lord for a clear word. And actually, that Sunday morning, through the time of renewal here, yep. we received a clear word. Mm. And then that afternoon, we made a decision with total peace mm-hmm. but it was because of that i mean we, yep. we surrendered our, we submitted our desires to the lord we waited we went to community and then we, honestly we were bold enough to be like hey jesus please just mm-hmm. you know the timeline
1: yep and so by the way all this connects to the sermon by the way in case you're wondering, it does it does because it's the third point of like how do you know you're in the spirit you're you're led by the spirit and that is not a solo rambo endeavor exactly and i love this case study question i'm going to press it one more thing i know we're running out of time the other one would be is if someone's not experiencing the spirit, they just
2: feel like they're spiritually dry. Yes. I'm so happy that you brought this up. This is where we can add, So
1: you're, someone is spirit, like Spirit, capital S, spiritually dry. Um, and I think in those seasons, and they happen, um, the Lord is asking us to trust him and trust his word and to be quote unquote faithful even when we're, quote-unquote, not feeling his presence as much. That is a very normal, I think, God-ordained experience for us on the journey with Jesus, that there will be wilderness times, mountainous times where we feel more isolated, we feel more alone, and God wants to do something in us and through us and for us that otherwise he would not do. A a level of abiding, a level of dependence— um, on him so that we will know him so deeply and so dearly. And so the times where you're, quote-unquote, not feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit does not mean the Spirit is gone. Uh, it means that the Lord is calling you deeper into a deeper trust and a deeper abiding. That would be my my, my brief initial answer to
0: that. And that's the connection with faith that keeps coming up. Exactly. exactly. is the faith to interpret your experiences. hmm based on what God's revealed.
2: Yeah. It's probably worth to the listener rewinding this two minutes and listening what pastor Mike just said again. That's (laughs) so good. Let the Psalms be your companion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As well. I mean, there, there's all that space there. That is so good. And if I could have the final word reminding
1: yourself, and we've said this before, and I think this is wonderful. Like the practice, I said this in a sermon plus, before your feet hit the floor, although that didn't happen to me today, early on in your day, mm-hmm. reminding yourself, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me in the life I now live by in the flesh. I live by faith. My life is entirely characterized by faith. And what am I believing? That God actually loves me. Mm. I mean, how, how good will your day be? It'll be a little bit better, at least, if you are actually believing God loves me. It's incredible. And so those... You know, we've talked a little bit about practices and praying the Lord's Prayer, praying that prayer. And, and I would say the last thing is like that St. Patrick's Prayer that we sang yeah. Christ be all around me. There's another great one. So work these many prayers of faith into your Christian living as reminders of renewal and, and believe into them and ask the Spirit
0: to fill you. Amen.
2: Oh, next week.
1: Yeah. Pastor Mike. Yeah, next week, uh, Rudy Bailey. Brother Rudy is going to be preaching for one of us. our elders here. One of our elders at New City. I've been working with him. Um, I wanted to have a message that is a companion to Galatians, so he's going to be preaching on a passage in Luke about um, prayer and the reception of the Holy Spirit. Asking, seeking, knocking, and the verse says, "If speaking to fathers, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how will not your holy, how will not your father in heaven give you the?" Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. There's a lot of things he could have said there. And he said, give you the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at a a Jesus story parable on the giving and receiving of the Holy Spirit. It's going to be wonderful. Amen.
0: Amen. We're looking forward to that. We pray that these discussions are helpful as you try to apply the word, live, uh, keeping in step with the Spirit and experiencing the reality of his presence. So keep on going. Amen.